Why, howdy there, everybody. Welcome to Snescapades, a chronological journey through the North American Super Nintendo Library, three games at a time, usually. We play them briefly, judge them harshly, and we rank them. And that's pretty much all you need to know. Azure Leaves Link is what they call me, and I'm just sitting here with my banjo, sitting here on this rusted out old spaceship, looking at all the stars passing by. I see spaceships shooting each other at the distance and thinking, maybe if we all just got along, we wouldn't have had to leave Earth in the first place. Over here with me is my jug player slash washboard player, Emmy Zero. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing, I'm doing fine. Uh, I'm sorry, what did you, what did you say your name was this time? It's, uh, it's, uh, Azure Leaves, uh, Link. Azure Leaves Link. Okay, Azure Leaves Link. Um, are you kind of trying to make like a new backstory for phalanx that that actually incorporates the banjo player into it is that what's going on here i i might be yeah yeah, yeah you know okay. i was playing the game earlier today and i was just kind of thinking you know i can imagine a more interesting game that incorporates bluegrass sensibilities and things like that into some kind of space opera but that's a more interesting thing than what we actually get with phalanx unfortunately oh yeah okay um i certainly would be up for a game that that had the kind of look and feel of phalanx but did incorporate some really really nice smoky bluegrass music in into the soundtrack yeah. at the very least uh that would be that'd be pretty cool honestly um you know i i think you might be onto something with this so yeah phalanx is one of the games we're playing today and uh, we have one other game we're playing, because this is kind of an unusual episode. Usually we do three games, but uh, because of the length of what would have been the, the first segment for this three-game block, uh, that got broken off into its own episode, the Bart's Nightmare episode. And then uh, we're kind of uh, following that up with the other two games this time. Uh, we have Phalanx, and we also have super bowling yeah super bowling i don't think we're gonna have quite as much to talk about with either of these two games as we did with the simpsons because the simpsons is the simpsons it turns out the simpsons is the simpsons and even though there wasn't actually a huge amount to talk about with bart's nightmare there was with the simpsons and the simpsons place in in games just the the huge number of simpsons games that came out so that really did give us a lot to work with in that episode and yeah neither of these is really gonna be such a well of information and conversation starters but i i do think there's some some kind of interesting stuff about each of these and the folks that made them so uh i hope that you all enjoy this episode and that we enjoy making it yeah that's a normal thing to say um <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> i'm i'm already enjoying making it and i yeah. i am sure we will continue to enjoy making it which i hope means that you will also continue to enjoy listening to the thing that we are making right now but will have made by the time you are listening to it yeah all right so uh do we want to uh put on our weird rental shoes and talk about our first game let's do it So first up, we've got Super Bowling. As the title suggests, it's a bowling game. The first bowling game we have played on the Super Nintendo up to this point. So neat, I guess. Yeah, a whole new sport. Very, very exciting. Um, I think bowling, I think in general, bowling translates well to video games. It's very easy to turn this into something that feels feels right to, to control with a controller. I honestly don't know what what other bowling games from this time period were like, but I feel like the way this one turns the act of, of, you know, bowling into a game, it 
basically makes sense. Uh, I think I think it works pretty well. Yeah, I think it works fine. I probably could have gone with maybe like a little bit of extra pizzazz. Like, I don't feel like the productions here are even like as good as, say, the things you'd be seeing in monitors in your local bowling alley, you know, that would show like little animations and stuff, depending on how well you did or how poorly you did. You're probably right. Um, you know, I do think that the, the character designs used here for the, the bowlers that you play as do add something to it, but you know, yeah, there's, there's definitely not a ton of embellishment going on. I was sort of more talking about just the controls. Oh yeah. Yeah. Point, the controls are, fine. which yeah. I, I think are, which I think are fine. Um, but before we get into all that, do you want to, Talk at all about who made this game. Yeah, so this game was developed by Kid Corp, whose roots go back to the 80s. Their first game was, appropriately enough, 1989's Rockin' Ball on the NES, which was also a bowling game. Wow. They're a pretty typical game developer. They worked on a lot of things for various consoles, you know, the NES and and others. Uh, Sometime in the mid-90s, however, the company made a a bit of a transition to making Bishoujo games... Pretty much exclusively. And so uh, what's a Bishoujo game, you might ask? Well, first of all, I'm not entirely sure I'm pronouncing that right. I, I hope that I am. Uh, second of all, Wikipedia describes it as a, quote, type of Japanese video game centered on interactions with attractive girls. So there you go. The company's catalog was acquired by a company called Cyberfront in 2007 after Kid Corp filed for bankruptcy a year prior. Many of the devs who left after the company dissolved went on to form a new company called 5PB, which I only bring up because the past year they apparently released a game with the wonderful title, Is It Wrong to Try to Pick Up Girls in a Dungeon? <laughs> Which is um, a game you know about. Okay, so the reason why I, I know about it um, is because I heard it mentioned <laughs> on another podcast. Um, it was oh. talked about, and I can't actually remember at this point whether it was the game itself or the anime series based on the game. But somebody on uh, the Waypoint Radio podcast was was into one of those two things. Honestly, that is a that is a hilariously ridiculous title. Yeah, I assume the game is probably like a mobile like gacha game to some extent. One of those RPGs where like you kind of roll a gacha machine with like money you earn in the game to acquire new characters who are probably all like pretty girls in skimpy clothing i'm guessing the show has gotten a couple of seasons though so it's it's you know popular enough that it's still going i might need to see this now (laughs) just out of mere morbid curiosity you know there's a part of me that says this is clearly a rhetorical question but another part of me is like well actually is it is it wrong i mean like if you're in the dungeon, like... I mean, you're in the dungeon, the girl's in the dungeon, or, or the other girl, I don't know, um, is in the is, is is in the dungeon. You know, maybe this is a good place to meet people. You know, maybe it's like a mixer, you know? Maybe this is all right. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's kind of like the whole, like, thing at gyms, you know, where it's like, hey, you need a you need a spot? It's like, yeah, come on, guys. Don't, uh, you know, they're just there to work out. Like, maybe, it's you know... Like, it's like, nah, I don't really need to... help. I don't really need help killing this red dragon. You can go over there. There, there's some slimes over there that you can fight. It's fine. We can both be doing our own thing here and not have to do this. So, you know. Yeah. You know, maybe there should just be like two different kinds of dungeons. One kind of dungeon where, hey, this is a singles dungeon, you know? So like there's the expectation yeah, yeah. a little there's bit. There's an expectation that maybe other people there are uh, ready to mingle and, and pick up sweet loot from dead monsters. So... 
Anyway, what were we talking about? I have no idea. Bowling, I think? Super Bowl- bowling? Bowling. Yeah. That's right. Bowling. So, okay, there's there's a few different modes in this game. One of them is turkey bowling, and it has, like, a turkey man as a logo that I find kind of upsetting. I didn't find it upsetting, but, like, I felt like all of the turkey-looking characters were very early 90s Sunday morning comic strip sort of... Yeah, that's definitely true. Style. I, I can see that, yeah. But, yeah, turkey bowling is pretty much just your standard bowling game, and it, almost to the point where like i question why they didn't just name the game turkey bowling which i feel like has maybe a title that grabs you a little bit more than just super bowling which is just kind of like generic i mean everything on the super nintendo is super i feel like with most yeah, of these games exactly. I'm, with with a lot of these games that use super in the title i'm like surely there was something more distinctive you could have used instead of that yeah i I'd, I'd feel like turkey bowling would have been a better name so there's turkey bowling which is basically just regular bowling you can bowl with what is it up to f- three other people is that right yes you know that's very doable obviously you're taking turns because it's bowling there's also um i think a kind of slightly more interesting mode that it's called golf bowling or, or is that right yes, yeah, yeah golf bowling which is sort of a puzzle mode in a way there's basically different arrangements of pins that you're trying to knock down and you actually have a par score you're trying to meet or go below uh, just like in golf i messed around with it i didn't really get that far into into that mode but i think it's cool that it's there and there's also a practice mode where you can set up the pins in whatever arrangement you want to kind of practice trying to hit certain shots which is actually a cool idea that's a good one well i do want to go back to the golf bowling really quick i found it interesting that there are pin configurations that you wouldn't normally see in the standard 10 pin configuration that you would normally have when you're bowling like you'll see pins that aren't in a place where they could possibly be in that normal configuration, which is kind of interesting. And then when I went into the practice mode, I was kind of disappointed. Like you can set up the pins in any configuration, but I don't think you can actually match the configurations in some of the golf mode. um, Yeah, that seems like a weird oversight, honestly, because, you know, you've already done the one thing. Why not make it possible to practice at that? But yeah, that's that's a little bit of a shame. Yeah, I feel like they either should have made that a possibility for the practice mode or they shouldn't have had that as a thing in the golf mode. Because in a way, in the golf mode, it feels kind of silly hitting pins that are in configurations that you would never actually see because it's like, what what am I actually training for here? I'm just practicing to play this thing in particular. Yeah, right, right. Whereas like if they if they just gave you like different shots, you know, like different splits and things like that that you had to figure out, I think that would be... More interesting and also just more applicable to the actual game of bowling. That's true, because as it is, it kind of feels like that mode's just there to fill out the game a little more and give you something else to do, and it doesn't really feed back into the actual kind of main bowling mode. Yeah, but I mean, I'm glad it's there, because I, I think this game would be really, really Spartan if it wasn't. When you're setting up to to bowl, you have a few different options. About what you'd expect, but they're pretty good. You can select a ball weight. Uh, You can select how much oil there is on the lane. And can you change what what dominant hand you're using? Yes, you can. Okay, so those are good options. There's a couple of different characters you can select that basically just aesthetic purposes. There's no real difference between how they play. There's, uh, There's a guy and a girl, and I think a palette swap of both of them basically yeah i mean there's there's really only two character models there's yeah there's the the guy and the girl and then two character models 
they have like different skin and hair colors. Um, so like, yeah, yay for diversity, kind of, sort of. Yeah, I, I think it's a shame that there's only four character models because it means that like if you're playing four players, you're gonna have to play all four of them. So like, it would have been more fun, I think, if there was more variety in the character models and like everybody can really select who they think you know matches them. And- yeah, I want it to be like Punch Out. I want it to. I want to be able to play as Bald Bull or King Hippo in this bowling game is basically what oh. you know uh what i'm Super saying bowl here. out nintendo that one's free you're welcome mm-hmm. Jeez. <laughs> so the the controls are fine everything's kind of done with meters um you know to determine how straight you throw the ball and how much power you put behind it yeah i don't i feel like we've kind of covered all the bases here i don't know pretty if i've much, got really all that much more to say about it it's a pretty straightforward bowling game we talked about the different modes which is pretty much the only thing aside from just saying that it's a bowling game you can talk about here. I do like the way it looks and sounds, but there's really not a lot to it. Me too. I think like seeing the models for the bowlers, like the the very cheery, colorful anime looking characters made me excited, which is why I was so disappointed that there was basically only two of them. Yeah, I I agree. They could have had a lot more fun with this and included a lot more varied characters, and it's a shame that they either didn't want to or didn't have time or, you know, whatever the limitation was there. I agree. Uh, And yeah, I don't really think I have anything else to say about this, but... Yeah, I mean, if you want a, you know, good but very straightforward bowling game for the Super Nintendo, uh, this one's fine. This one's right here for you. All your bowling needs. I don't really know what else to say about it, honestly. It's nice that right out of the gate we've got a good bowling game, whereas unlike with the baseball, where I still feel like they haven't quite gotten anything worth a lot of people's time yet, like with bowling, it's like... Hey, here's one bowling game, and it's fine. You know, I'd rather have one good bowling game than half a dozen bad baseball games. <laughs> yeah, me too. So, I guess uh, if we were going to look over at the list here... So, the thing that immediately comes to mind with this game as a point of comparison, for me anyway, is Super Tennis, which... yes. Also is just sport with the super in front of it. Yes. It's also the, the, the only representative of its sport, but also like pretty good in, in a solid experience. Yeah, I agree. That's exactly where I was thinking uh, of looking here. So, where is Super I, Tennis on the list right now? Uh, Super Tennis is number 49 on the list, right behind Paperboy 2 and right in front uh, okay. of Super Baseball Simulator 1000. God, we put this behind Paperboy 2, huh? We did put it behind Paperboy <laughs> 2, which okay. I'm not well, sure I mean, about you know, in retrospect, but that's the list. Yeah. That's where that's what we did. Um, that's the list. So I'm going to say I don't quite think this bowling game measures up to Super Tennis. I think Super Tennis was more content-rich than this. And, um, you know, was maybe was maybe just a, like a more impressive overall package. But it's, I think, very close in a lot of ways. I think so, too. Bright, colorful, uh, a good representation of its sport. You know, something I would certainly recommend to somebody that wants to play a video game version of the sport on the Super Nintendo. I I think I'm in agreement with you. I just, I don't know how far down it goes. Because I did just say, you know, like we had all these baseball games, none of which are terribly great. We do have Super Baseball Simulator 1000, which I think is the one with the powers, right? It is, yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of the one that I would give kind of a pass to, because it, like, it, it does have that extra stuff going on that makes 
I think everything a lot more fun. I don't think there's anything terribly impressive about ride-in trad, so I really, I'm kind of thinking this either goes above or below Super Baseball Simulator 1000, unless you think it belongs lower. No, I think that sounds right. Um, I would probably put it below Super Baseball Simulator 1000, just because I think that Super Baseball Simulator 1000 did did have some new and kind of, you know, interesting ideas uh, yeah, I, I think that I think that that's where I'd put it between Super Baseball Simulator 1000 and Ride and Trad. Okay, then I th- think it's going to be our new 51. Right. Well, Super Bowling, you didn't quite break the top 50, but you're real close. So good for you. Yeah, good job. You guys are all right. And uh, with that, I think we are done with the month of September. Is that is that the yes? Month that's that's right. It was. Uh, it was. But now. We are moving in to the month of October. The spookiest of months, October. <laughs> Ooh, happy Halloween, everyone. It is January as we record this. So I guess that means uh, we're going to turn things over to Newsy. October 1992. Steven Seagal is Under Siege, a film which opened this month and would go on to make over $83 million. Boys to Men continue to dominate the charts with End of the Road. And Sinead O'Connor stirs controversy during her musical performance on SNL, in which she tore up a picture of Pope John Paul II while calling him evil. Despite being completely correct about this, the controversy would draw the ire of many viewers and other celebrities. Back to you, Emmy Zero and Steampunk Link. Thank you, Newsy. Um, Under Siege, I have not seen that movie. Nope, me either. Um, you know, I don't think I've ever seen... That's a Steven Seagal movie, right? Yeah. Yeah, I have never seen uh, any Steven Seagal movie. I think the only movie with him in it that I've really seen is the kind of uh, diehard on an airplane movie, Executive Decision, where he's in the movie for like 10 minutes and then he dies. That's it, though. I've never seen one where he's like the star uh, I think this was like this was one of his bigger hits though under siege I mean it was the highest grossing movie of the month that it came out so I I, I don't know how many Steven Seagal movies hit that milestone Steven Seagal Tommy Lee Jones and Gary Busey boy what what an absolute murderer's row of dudes those are some guys with real crevices on their faces and growly voices that that movie must have just smelled like old spice to you. <laughs> Yeah, the only thing, you know, I I could say that would make this lineup better is that if um if Jim Carrey were there as well, so now you've got an angry Tommy Lee Jones who's trying to out wacky Jim Carrey. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. And then you know uh, what, you know what else? Maybe maybe you get Nicolas Cage in there too and then that's right. and then we've got that's right. we've got like the 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 Fast and the Furious oh, God, of, of, of just like 90s people trying to act insane yeah yeah oh man that would be something that that would be that would be an absolute feast for the senses and uh then we got boys to men again at uh with uh i think end of the road i i believe it's end of the road that is still at the top of the charts there uh decent song i'm not sure if i mentioned this yet but like boys to men had a compilation album come out not too long ago maybe within the last couple of years where they're just doing like covers of motown hits and one of them is their own song end of the road <laughs> except that's like really in acapella we- that's that's interesting <laughs> okay yeah yeah man 
It's like, Maybe it wasn't even like Motown. It's like, hey, we already did this song, but what if it was different? Wait, I will say, like, I think that this song, their their acapella version of End of the Road was better than the version of Yesterday that they redid on the um, on the, the reissued Cooley High Harmony that had instrumental backing that just okay. did not work for me. I was like, no, this is Ooh. supposed to be an acapella song that we, you do, you did not need this and it does not help the song. That's unfortunate. Yeah. That's, that seems like a, just a, uh, clearly bad idea, but, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday needs to be acapella. Like leave it alone. It's, it's great. It's good. And then, uh, and then Sinead O'Connor, uh, creating a little controversy on SNL and basically ending her career. You know, I'm not sure if I actually remember, if I actually remember seeing that, but I, I, you know, remember people talking about it, man, just like so much. Yeah, I definitely remember people talking about it. I, um, yeah, I I don't think I ever actually saw it on Saturday Night Live because I'm fairly certain they never reran that one no they did actually well i don't know if they reran it on like nbc but i certainly saw that episode and i saw that happen on it um on like a comedy central rerun in like the late 90s or early 2000s like that's the only i so because like i i definitely have seen that you know as part of as part of that whole episode but uh I, i there was probably a they probably did not rerun that for a number of years, I'm guessing. All right. So that we, we try to keep this a pretty family-friendly PG-13 show. So I'm going to leave my angry atheist hat in the corner. But I, I will say that we already knew we were living in the worst timeline because, honestly, like, given everything that the Catholic Church has done, like – it's ridiculous that Sinead O'Connor didn't have a career after that incident, but the Catholic Church was allowed to remain in existence. Like, <clears throat> that's all I'm going to say about that. So, Phalanx, Banjo. Phalanx! <laughs> Banjo player on the cover, very famous cover, probably the main thing people remember about this game if they are not just like uh, a big retro gaming enthusiast or like a a shmup aficionado. So you want to tell us about that a little bit? Yeah, yeah. So so in in case you haven't seen it before, the cover of this sci-fi space shooter taking place in alien environments featuring uh, features a photograph of an old man in overalls and a fedora or maybe like straw hat. I can't actually remember Uh right now off the top of my head. And he uh, has a banjo. I mean, granted, like there's a spaceship that's visible in the night sky behind him, but the banjo player dominates the picture. And it's his inexplicable presence here that has been talked about for decades, far more than anything else about the game. So much so that a 2017 Destructoid article actually um, went in, it like did a little research and found out more about how this happened. The article was written by uh, Kevin Mercero, and it shines a little bit of light on the situation. Uh, so according to Matt Gus, who was a member of the marketing team that designed the cover, it, it was actually meant to be a bit baffling as he felt Phalanx was uh, kind of a weaker game. He thought that the unusual photograph would get people curious enough about the game to pick it up and learn more about it. And uh, if you are curious about the old man in the photo, his name was Bertel Valley, 
awesome name. Great name. Yeah, he was actually the proprietor of a successful construction company. And uh, hey, would it surprise you to learn he was also a volunteer Santa Claus? I am shocked. Yeah. Utterly shaken to my core. Yeah, anyway, um, sadly, he did pass away in, in 2004. He is no longer with us. But yeah, so they actually found the guy who, who designed the cover and uh, found out some information about the guy who was on it. Pretty cool. And I think that it was not a poor choice. I think that, you know, there was something to the idea that whether or not Phalanx is a good game, uh, and I think it is. We'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But it is one of many uh space shooter games for the super nintendo that had come out at this point and you know it, it would be hard to differentiate this game from all the other ones in a lineup uh if if you didn't do something a little more drastic to to kind of get people's eyes on it so i think this was the, i i definitely understand the reasoning behind this weird sort of non sequitur cover they accomplished exactly what they were going for because like the game is known pretty much for that cover today like people still know that that game's title because of that. But anyway, so moving away from the cover art and talking about the actual game, I think that Phalanx makes a really strong first impression. Like when I booted up, I was really impressed by the elaborate intro sequence. When I started playing, um, I was really impressed by... The, the really good parallax scrolling in the first level, there are, you know, segments or there are sequences in which you actually dive below the cloud layer and you see this sort of smoggy looking city that's passing you by. And it's just it's a really neat effect. The weapons that I got were really, really cool. I was really thinking like, OK, this might be the shooter that finally gets me excited about shooters again. Like it, mm -hmm. it was really yeah, it's a very, me amped up. very strong first impression for sure. But but there's a but here. After I died the first time, I picked up where I left off, but I was saddled with my default weapon, and I was realizing, like, oh, hey, after that initial onslaught of power-ups, there weren't a whole lot of things to pick up after that, and I'm just kind of stuck with this little pea shooter that I feel like just I have to shoot even tiny enemies so many times to get them to explode that it's almost easier to just avoid everything, and that's no fun. Because, I mean, it's not like there's any rewards for shooting down enemies in the form of power-ups or anything like that. That was when, uh, you know, I felt my enthusiasm starting to fade and like, oh, it's just another one of these where the death spiral happens and, you know, I'm not getting enough power ups. You know, I'm, I, I don't feel powerful enough for this to be fun. The first boss I just felt like took approximately 50,000 bullets to finally take down. And it wasn't even that hard. I mean, for one thing, I was playing on easy mode, granted, but it, it was just it was so tedious and. Yeah, I was not crazy about it. I don't know, but it sounds like you had a more positive I, experience I did. with the game. One thing I like about this game. So, okay, this is a you know horizontally scrolling shooter, sort of in the same vein as Gradius or Darius, um, and it does a couple of things differently than than those games that I I kind of appreciated. One thing about this is that this game actually is a bit more forgiving than those. Most of the other games of this this genre that we've played uh one hit means you're you're basically dead uh, this game actually gives you three hits and uh periodically there are actually power-ups that let you recover health 
which is good because uh there's you know a lot going on in this game a lot of a lot of enemies attacking from different directions and you have a couple of different options as far as the type of weapon you want to use uh you do pick up different weapons just from you know uh, power-up drops during the stages. But you can uh, have a couple of pods floating around you that will spread out your shots a little more. Or you can uh, retract the pods and have a stronger kind of main shot, which is something we've seen before, but it works well here. You can also do a thing that I guess is useful, but that I didn't really make much use of intentionally, which is you can actually explode your whatever weapon power-up you're using uh, to make a big screen-clearing attack. Uh, which means you do lose the weapon. Oh, I actually didn't know that part. And that is good, but also does essentially mean there's a there's a way that you can kind of leave yourself underpowered if you don't use that correctly. This game has a pretty strong visual design. I appreciate that it does feel like there's at least a little bit of a way for you to recover from a bad a bad hit. But, you know, I, I do agree with some of the stuff you said. I do think that first boss does take too long to kill. It's got some weird design with, like, its hitboxes as well, where, like, it feels like it's hard to hit it from a lot of the angles that you're, you're capable of, of shooting it from. But yeah, no, I I think this is a, this is a very solid game though in a lot of ways. Like I think it's well put together, and if anything, I do think that it's a little bit overcomplicated for what it is. Like I think that there's probably like too many different power ups similar to each other. Like it feels like they had a bunch of different ideas for what they wanted to do with this this shooter, and they kind of just put them all in. Which it would probably be a little bit cleaner feeling if it if if some of that stuff was more focused, but. Yeah, um, I, I do think it's a fun game, and I did feel like I was not quite as at the mercy of just having bad luck with a stage and uh, and and that just sort of killing my progress. Basically, I, I don't think the death spiral here is as extreme as it is in in a lot of the other games we've played that you know we've had that problem with. But I do agree that it is still here. I didn't even know about that thing with you know being able to detonate your power ups, which. I think it's a cool idea. I think that works in a game where you're rewarded with more power-ups by shooting down enemies. You know, yeah. like the, the enemies will leave behind power-ups rather than them being set things that only appear, you know, pretty few and far between, quite frankly. Uh-huh. You know, I think if the game were a little bit more generous with that and, and let me play around with that and, and, you know, like, be like, okay, I don't even like this weapon anymore. I'm jettisoning it and, and, and I'm going to blow it up and, and you yeah, know, take sure. the next one that comes. Yeah, I mean... It's funny, I feel like this is a game where, honestly, like, for as maybe slightly over-designed as certain aspects of it are, maybe a little more design could have helped. Like, if there was some way to, like, kill enemies in a certain way where they would just drop a power-up, so that you did always have this kind of churn of weapons, uh, would be Mm -hmm. be cool, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I don't think this game fully comes together, but I do think there's a lot of good stuff in it. I was kind of impressed by the addition of secret areas in some of the levels, which is not something I think I've seen in a shooter before. No, yeah, that is actually a cool thing that this game does. I do think that like you need to know what you're looking for in order to utilize those. Like the first time I saw one is I'd already knew that they were in the game. I just didn't know exactly what they looked like. I saw like a little red square at the bottom of the screen in a certain place and I started shooting it. It wasn't doing anything to it, but like my bullets weren't going through it. 
so I wonder, you know, like how many people would see that the first time, start shooting it and be like, oh, it must just be a barrier. I need to go around that. Sure. Like you almost need knowledge beforehand that those exist to utilize them. Yeah. And I mean, once again, that's one of the things here where, um, and I think honestly, a lot of the shooters that we've played have to some extent suffered from us playing them here and now in 2019, 2020, instead of when they originally came out. Because like in a game like this, if I'm playing this game and I just, I get frustrated and I don't like it, I'll go, I can go play something else. And I've got an endless number of options, both in this game, in this genre, and in in whatever genre I want to play. But, uh, you know, if I was playing this game back in 1992 probably I'd be kind of stuck with this game for a while, you know? Uh, You know, I either would have spent a lot of money to buy it, or I would have spent money to rent it. And, you know, probably if you're kind of just noodling around with a game like this, you would eventually find those secret areas. I will say I enjoyed the fact that the hardest difficulty setting is called funny. There's like hard, or <laughs> yeah, there's like right. easy, medium, hard, and funny. That it is funny, because um, yeah, it's like oh, this is this is so hard, it's ridiculous. You know, like I said, I think it's I think it's pretty good, but I don't think that it comes together as you know, effectively as the better shooters we've played. You know, your Darius Twin, your uh, you know. UN Squadron, obviously, uh, it's nowhere nowhere close to that. I think it just suffers from being on a system that's already got so many free. I, like, I think this is maybe like our tenth. Yeah, I mean, like I haven't counted up the th- everything by genre on the on our list so far, but I think there have got to be more shooters, right, than anything else. I, I think so. Like for a shooter to really stand out, it has to be you know, great or really distinctive in some way at this point. And this isn't really distinctive and it's not fantastic, but it is good. I certainly wouldn't just looking at our list, wouldn't put it down near the bottom, but I do think that there are clearly several, several shooters that are, are better than this. So I think the lowest ranked shooter we've got is earth defense force down at number 80 UN squadron at number eight. And, and, uh, Earth Defense Force at number 80. So probably somewhere between those two? Somewhere in the, the gray area between the two of those. What what shooter do you think is maybe more, more of a peer to this game than, you know, those two extremes? Probably our old friend Strike Gunner STG, which is almost exactly in the middle of the list now, uh, is, is not a bad one to look at. Strike Gunner STG, I found that it had some kind of monotonous elements, but what was there was worked really well. You know, the the weapon system was good. Graphics were were clear, easy to see. You know, I, I think that game is fun to play. Yeah, I, I think I had more fun with it, Strike Gunner STG, but I will say, like, um, visually, Phalanx blows that game out of the water. Uh, yeah, that's certainly true. There kind of approaching similar levels of quality from different directions, but definitely um, Phalanx is, is more in the kind of like the, the sort of arcade style. Yeah, here's a bunch of cool background stuff. Here's set pieces, big, crazy enemies. Whereas Strike Gunner is, is more like, all right, here are like waves of enemies. Here's, uh, I think you said that, that Strike Gunner STG was sort of uh, kind of meditative for you. I'll, I'll be honest. I think I've got a slight bias for... 
vertically scrolling shooters. I think that those just mm, read okay. easier to me for some reason than horizontally scrolling ones do. I think that's just a me thing. Like I'm not I'm not trying to say that like oh these are better shooters than, yeah. than these are. But I I think just like the way my brain works, I can sort of read oh, a yeah. uh, vertically scrolling shooter easier. So that might be something to take into consideration as we rank this. But I, I have a feeling you would probably want to put this above Strike Gunner. Would I be correct in that assumption? I, I, I think I would. I think this game just sort of does more. And I think it's successful enough at that that I, I can, you know, I can give it real points for that. So Okay, yeah. I'm I'm fine with that. I'm, I'm fine with it going above. Um, do you think it goes above then? So that was... Number 45. At 44, we've got True Golf Classics Wileye. Do you think it goes above that? So, given that True Golf Classics Wileye was sort of surpassed by its own sequel, um, it's easier for me to see kind of the flaws in that. But I do I do think that that game, you know, did make a, a really impressive intro for that series here. You know, I might be good with actually putting Phalanx just between Strike Gunner and True Golf Classics Wileye. Okay, so you think it goes below Wileye? I think it does, actually. Okay. I think I'm good with that. Okay, yeah, I, I could go with that. So uh, our new uh, number 45? Yeah. All right. So Phalanx, breaking the top 50. Yeah, way to go, Phalanx. Yeah, so that's uh, that's Phalanx and all its uh, not-banjo-playing glory. Yep. And <laughs> that's another two games down, and that's that's all we had yeah. for today. Yeah, which means we are now up to 89 games. Sorry, 86 games. Yeah. 86 games on our list. So getting ever closer to 100 games. We are. We're going to. We're going to have 89 games at the end of the next episode. If we make it to the end of the next episode, I'm looking at the games we're playing, and uh, I'm <laughs> I'm nervous. I can't, uh, I can't deny. So for next time, we're in the month of October still. There's a lot of games that came out in October there, of 92, everybody. There sure are. Uh, so we're going to be here for... Get comfortable. We're going to be in the spooky season for a while. We might actually be here until October. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> What have we got next time? We've got NCAA basketball, uh, our first basketball game. That's exciting. Yeah, that is exciting. Uh, a another licensed game, uh, James Bond Jr. A uh, game based on a uh, children's cartoon that only I remember. <laughs> no, I, uh, I remember it too. Oh, I, good, I never good, watched okay. it, but I definitely yeah. remember it being a thing. Um, yeah, James Bond Jr. was. That was a weird thing. We'll we'll talk about James Bond Jr., I think. We'll talk yeah. about it. Yeah, it's very strange. It's I would say it's a thing where you had to be there to get it, but I was there and I don't get it. So, like um, every damn thing had to have a cartoon in the 90s, so Yeah. You know. Yeah. And then finally, uh for next time, we've got Home Alone 2: Lost in New York City. Ooh, yeah, um, it probably can't be worse than the first Home Alone game, so we'll see, we'll see. I mean, the thing is, at this point, it can only be as many as two worse than <laughs> right. the, the, the previous Home Alone game as the list stands right now, so yeah, sure. at least there's that, I guess. <laughs> All right, folks, well, I think that's uh, that's going to do it for us for today. Uh, anything else before we before we sign off here? Nope, I'm good. I'm I'm tapped out. I thought so much about about where to put Phalanx on the list that I'm 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 done. <laughs> All right, everyone. 
Well, thank you, as always, so much for listening. We really appreciate it. And until next time, I'm Steampunk Link. I'm ME Zero. Play it loud. Our intro-outro song is How Now Brown Cow by Technoaxe, who very generously offers a ton of great music for free and royalty-free at technoaxe.com. That's T-E-K-N-O-A-X-E dot com. Wouldn't that be a... Wouldn't that make people so mad if they brought back Punch-Out again, but this time it was just a bowling game instead? I mean, like, Nintendo's pretty good at just kind of doing, like, hey, you know that thing that we know all of you on the internet really want? Yeah, you're not going to get that. We're going to give you this other thing instead. Like, they could just do a whole E3 presser that's just, like, <laughs> complete FUs to their fans. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that would make people so mad. It would be beautiful. Uh, oh, my God. Um, hey, we know you didn't want another Swordsman in, in Smash Brothers, but here's one anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're yeah. even going to reference it in the trailer that we know you didn't want this. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I'm anyway, sorry, what everybody. What are we talking about again? <laughs> bowling, I think. Bowling. <laughs> yeah, so...